Welcome to Mainstream Modular, a podcast presented by Gurdon. Hello and welcome, and thanks for joining me for this installment of Mainstream Modular, brought to you by Gurdon. I'm James Kent. On this show, we discuss various aspects of modular construction, and today we are focusing in on the engineering specifics of modular. Joining me is the principal slash director of DCI Engineers, Troy Bean. DCI is based in Seattle, Washington, and they have offices in Oregon, California, Texas, Alaska, Colorado, and Montana. Uh, they are licensed in all 50 states and most Canadian provinces. Today, we're going to take a closer look at uh, several modular construction projects that DCI partnered with Gurdon. But first, let's welcome Troy Bean to the program. Troy, it's great to have you on Mainstream Modular. How are you doing today? I'm good. Very well. Thank you. Troy, I, I know that DCI Engineers has been in business since 1988. How long have you been with DCI? I started um, at DCI as a young engineer um, January of 1989. So it's been 35 plus years at this point. So almost right at the beginning. Yes. Does DCI engineers uh, both do traditional buildings and modular construction buildings, or is there a primary focus? No, we, we do both construction types, um, you know, anything from a single family residence up to high rise construction. So, yeah, structural engineering is what we do and, and no specializations at this point. And uh, modular construction projects like the ones we're going to talk about today, uh, they're gaining in popularity. Why is that? Uh, from an engineering standpoint, are there major differences or are traditional buildings similar from an engineering standpoint to modular? You know, they're very similar in construction, um, especially the ones that are made out of wood. The, the attraction, I think, is speed to market. Um, I think that some uh, finish and level of uh, completeness can be done in a controlled environment like the factories have mm. um, that, you know, keep a, a building dry and you're not near as uh, subject to weather delays, et cetera. Yeah. And, and those costs and time savings, uh, those are two common drivers I hear a lot uh, when mentioning doing a building project modular. Is that what you found from an engineering standpoint? Uh, how does modular save on engineering costs and time? Uh, besides it, what you just mentioned. Yeah, you know, the, the savings in time is primarily in the construction aspect of the building. Um, as engineers, we're actually forced to design a, a set of documents for both permitting um, for the factory work, which is usually run through a state agency, and then the local jurisdiction is responsible for all the work that's actually done physically on site. So dual permitting takes a little bit longer or, or more coordination between our sets. Hmm. Um, we need to be very clear on what's getting done where so the inspectors can verify that that's being done before the building is buttoned up and completed. So tell me about DCI engineers and their experience within the modular construction industry. Uh, in Gurdon's own words, they said DCI has a depth of experience within modular construction that is beyond anyone else in the industry. Uh, what led to DCI forging that path when modular was such a new concept? And how has DCI managed to stay on top of changing technology as the methodology has evolved? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, you know, we, we try to lead that change and advancement in, in the industry, you know. So, you know, we're out in front of that. We're, we're spending our own R&D time um, trying to, you know, make it easier for the, the contractor to construct it, 
for the inspectors to inspect it, you know, to get a better completed structure that's, uh, if not better, cheaper, you know. And to start, you know, I first got interested in modular construction. There was a factory in uh, North Washington State that was looking to open up and build. And their sales pitch, um, where modular had been in the industry, doing man camps and small classrooms, et cetera, you know, they wanted to be part of the Obama stimulus money mm-hmm. that they could um, be shovel ready and build quicker, but take advantage of the the uh, the pricing or the the uh, employment um, labor uh, costs that uh, aren't associated with factory work, but are required on site mm. um, for some of those funding mechanisms on government style projects. So. Now, I understand that you worked with uh, Gurdon on a project in Oakland, California that was completed within 17 months. Uh, Modular is known for faster construction timelines, but how does the engineering team fit into the overall construction timeline? And what has your engineering team done to help keep things on track or even uh, shorten those timelines? Well, so we, first, you know, we try to be very responsive and understanding to what the, the factory themselves can manufacture mm-hmm. and for their best practices, for their efficiencies, um, for speed, for the, um, the contractor on site to lift these boxes off of a truck that just transported it, you know, from Idaho down to um, Oakland and pick them up and put them on in a building as quick as they possibly can because, you know, crane time is expensive, et cetera. Um, you know, so we continue to work through that. We're allowed to do, well, the, the contractor is actually able to do um, all of the site work at the same time the factory is actually building the modules. So, you know, they are ready to set those boxes, completed boxes on that site built structure, you know, day one. So there's no, there's an overlap in timeline up front. You know, as engineers, we pretty much design from the top down, um, but they build from the bottom up. So anytime we can be working on two different parts of the building in construction at the same time is going to save that overlap time. From a material standpoint, were were there any specific materials used on this project that differed at all from the traditional building method? You know, it it is very much conventional shapes and sizes of uh, dimensional lumber. Um, we utilize some uh, trusses where we need to run some mechanical um, plumbing type stuff through the floors. But other than that, you know, it's other than there being, you know, a little bit more because, you know, they are shipped as rigid six-sided boxes, you know, there's really no different materials in them, plywood and, and nominal lumber. Troy, I bet with each project, there are learnings that you can take away, um, you know, for your future builds. What are some of the key takeaways from working on modular construction builds uh, like this one in Oakland that you'd like to share uh, and plan on utilizing for projects in the future? Well, a, a lot of it has to do with the the supporting structure that actually gets site built before the modules are brought in and the construction tolerances that need to be followed, um, the design criteria that needs to be in those members you know, they can present a challenge, you know, if, for instance, you know, the, the, the boxes are stacked so fast that, you know, buildings don't have an opportunity or from level to level, they don't have an opportunity to shim and straighten. So everything needs to be really tight once you start and uh, 
So it'll carry up through the building as they speed along setting their modular units. So, you know, that's, that's something you really got to focus on up front and be aware of and design to, or, or you stop everything, right? That's, that's not good. So. Were there any specific challenges on this project that you had to overcome uh, as an engineer? You know, there's, there's a, uh, you know, this, this was a perfect project to, you know, explain several different supporting systems. Um, it was unique in that way where part of it was overstructured parking um, on a concrete slab um, that had its detailing and challenges. Where we ran into uh, a greater challenge or where we'd like to avoid reliving that experience, let's say, <laughs> um, was on the site built like steel and wood framed floor that we we'd engineered to support the, the units themselves uh, on the upper levels. And, uh, you know, that can be done more cost-effectively, has been done since then more cost-effectively, and, and we'll continue to at least push that as, you know, something we want to try to avoid if we can. Are you in the midst of any new uh, upcoming modular projects that you're working on? There are some on the boards right now. Um, you know, there, there's there's obviously a, a great demand for affordable housing, in yeah. the um, in the uh, San Francisco and then the, the Southern California market, um, we're we're involved in several of those projects. Um, we're you know we're looking at some stuff. We're actually doing some workforce housing stuff in Montana here. Um, mm. That is you know closer, far enough away from the ski resort that it's affordable, but <laughs> close enough that the employees can actually get up to the mountain. Right. I mean that's the goal. So right. Well, Troy, you, you've been a wealth of information and in, insights today. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with DCI engineers for assistance on their next project, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So I would say email or, you know, search off our website to get our contacts. Um, that's dci-engineers.com or my personal email address, which is first initial last name, T-B-E-A-N at dci-engineers.com. Perfect. Troy Bean. Principal slash director at DCI Engineers. Thanks for coming on to Mainstream Modular. It's been a real pleasure. Yep. Thanks, James. And thank you for watching this episode of Mainstream Modular brought to you by Gurdon. We have more episodes for you to check out and enjoy. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back with more guests and great content on modular construction. So be on the lookout for those. In the meantime, I'm James Kent. Thanks for tuning in. And let's talk again soon.